Thank you for joining us. This is Paul Wilson. And Chris Hempke. And you're listening to Diesel Performance Podcast. Uh, Chris, we got a full show today. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot on the docket. We got some interviews. We got some DIYs. We got some support. We got it all. Absolutely. Uh, Guys, we're going to be hearing from J.W. Montoya, uh, who has a really awesome YouTube channel, currently mostly featured around his lifted L5P Duramax. It's a good-looking truck. I'm not a lifted fan, but it's a good-looking truck. Yeah, and and you're going to hear us talk all about that here, a little bit about his start YouTube and kind of where it, how it, how it went and where it took him in life. Uh, and then, of course, we'll also be checking in with our super tech and our remote support experts. Yeah. So, I think the topic for the super tech segment is going to be interesting, to say the least. I think it's a, it's a topic that uh, has a lot of popularity amongst some of the early 20-teen and current Duramax and PowerStroke platforms and some of the Cummins. Yeah. So I think it's a real eye-opener when you, you have a job like this firsthand and you get to see what that failure looks like. So I'm not going to say too much more. I <laughs> love it, guys. Uh, well, it's going to be a fun one, so stick around. We're going to jump right into our conversation with J.W. Montoya. Increase the durability, line pressure, and performance of the Allison transmission in your GM 6.6 liter Duramax LML and L5P with the XDP EPC solenoid fuller plug. From the factory, the EPC solenoid increases line pressure up to 230 PSI during shifting. Once the shift is complete, the pressure drops back down to 80 PSI. At 80 PSI of line pressure, your Allison cannot hold the added stress from aftermarket upgrades or heavy towing. The XDP EPC solenoid fooler fixes this issue by installing onto the solenoid and back into the valve body. This lets your transmission effectively operate at 230 PSI all the time. This eliminates clutch slipping, poor shifting, and extends transmission life. To find out more about the XDP EPC solenoid fuller plug, check out xdp.com or find a local dealer near you. Worley Custom Fab has been providing custom upgrades for the Duramax, Cummins, and PowerStroke community for over 15 years. Jason, Ryan, and the rest of the Whirly crew are known for their excellence in not just fabrication, but also finish and fit and form. So we know that it's going to be a high-performing part. We know that it's going to look amazing. And because of Whirly custom powder coating, we also know we can get it in absolutely any color we want. If you're thinking about upgrading the airflow, or you're thinking about traction bars, or you're thinking about upgrades that WC Fab can help you with, Stop what you're doing right now and go to WCFab.com today. The Exergy Performance Fuel System Saver works. If you have a CP4 equipped fuel pump, which is commonly found on the 2011 to 2016 LML Duramax, and also the uh, early 6.7 liter Ford Power Stroke engine, they're known for failure, period. Now, most of the time, if you put a lift pump on the truck, you'll prevent a lot of the potential failures. If you do regular maintenance, you can help help prevent the potential failures. But at the end of the day, there's still a risk that no matter what you do, that CP4 could fail. And when they fail, they have a track record for sending all of the metal shavings downstream. So you end up needing a whole new fuel system, new lines, new injectors, new tubes, new everything. That could be very expensive. Even if you're under warranty or you find a bundle package for a great price, there's still a lot of labor that goes into that that job. The fuel system saver 
increases the amount of protection post CP4. So it's not gonna stop your CP4 from failing. What it's gonna do is that God forbid the CP4 gives up and it starts to send metal debris through the truck, it's gonna stop it before it hits the rest of your fuel system. And that's why they call it the fuel system saver. If you have a CP4 pump on your truck, you absolutely need to give DuramaxTuner.com a call today and get yourself a fuel system saver. JW, how the hell are you? I'm good. How are you guys? We're, we're doing, doing all right. We're doing all right. We got you on, so you know we're doing better. Absolutely, man. Uh, excited to talk to to JW Montoya here. Uh, obviously, if you guys have been on YouTube and following L5P content, you've most likely come across his channel. Uh, but JW, why don't you start where everybody does? Tell us how you got your start in diesel performance. Sure. So. My first truck was actually an 05 Sierra 1500, and um, I used to tow that truck, tow with that truck, and um, I just noticed it didn't have enough power, and I just heard heard people talking about how diesels had more power, and I've always liked my trucks lifted with bigger wheels and tires, so I started looking at uh, diesels, obviously, and I naturally started looking at Duramax trucks because I'm just a GM guy, so my first diesel truck was a 2004 and a half LOI Duramax and that's what pretty much started my YouTube channel. Okay so how many years have you been doing YouTube now? So YouTube in general I've been doing it I think since probably like about 10 years ago I started out doing soccer and other videos and when I first got when I got my first truck I started kind of documenting it and um, I started seeing a couple of people do truck stuff on YouTube and i just told myself let me just document everything i do and uh, i just kind of took a chance and sold the 1500 and bought a duramax and i just started modifying it and then people started getting in uh, i started gaining interest from that and that's how it pretty much started so what year did you get that oh four and a half truck that was roughly like 2017 i think Okay, I so, love I love real quick, Chris. I love diving into the Duramax world straight with an LLY. Right? Was it modified? Was it high mileage? Can you tell us a little bit about the truck when you first got it? Sure. So it was a 2004 and a half, like I said, and it only had 139 thousand miles. And to me, like I coming from a gas truck, I was like, wow, that's a lot of miles. But a lot of people told me, like for a diesel, that's not a lot at all. And it was bone stock. Um, I. I don't even think it had a leveling kit on it. Only thing it had was an aftermarket head unit and uh, like a gooseneck setup, I think. And um, it, otherwise, it was bone stock. If you just use it as a tow pig, I love that. Okay. I love I love jumping in with a truck that I specifically have talked a lot of shit about uh, throughout the years <laughs> of the podcast. Uh, I be, love it. I love LOI. Oh man, I, it, it's not that an LOI can't have all the problems fixed. It's that usually, like that introduction to diesel, what scares a lot of guys off is a bunch of repair bills right away. That's true. One hundred thirty-nine thousand miles in two thousand seventeen. That's like a twelve. You, you know what I mean? That's twelve-year-old truck, roughly. Um, yeah. What kind of problems did you run into when you got it, man? What what did what broke and what did you upgrade for fun? So believe it or not, I didn't have any issues with it because I owned it for about two years, and I really didn't run into any issues. And uh, I, I love that truck. The only thing I did was obviously with the LOIs, 
I replaced the uh, turbo mouthpiece. That was one of the first things I did. And then I did SMB cold air intake. Nice. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then, and then did you just now did you tow with that truck or did you just kind of just do some basic mods to it and then and then roll it on to the next one? Yeah, I really didn't tow much with it. The reason why I bought that truck was to tow with it, but um, and then I just started. You know, I was I was still in college and I was working a lot more than I was before, and I just wasn't able to go on all these trips that required me to tow, so I kind of stopped towing with it. Okay, and then what happened next? Um, well, I started learning more about uh, Duramaxes. So the way I am, once I kind of fall in love with something, I, I like to do a lot of research. So I just spent hours and hours on forums, uh, watching videos on YouTube on what I can really do, like what, what's all involved in making my truck better, more reliable, uh, faster, louder. And all that stuff but for my first LOI I really didn't do too much it was lift wheels tires uh, tune exhaust uh, that was really about it I never even really got to do doing like a lift pump or anything like that it was so, just basic tune and exhaust so just enough to to gain some more interest and you said you had that truck a couple of years so following up that what was the next uh, just gonna assume that it was a Duramax what was the next uh, truck in the lineup Sure. So I sold that Duramax and I bought a 2011 LML okay. Duramax. It was a Denali. Okay. Now that truck <laughs> we've I've seen on the channel and stuff like that. That was the the black truck, correct? Yes, sir. Okay. So walk us through. You know, it's it's very common for, for you know Duramax crowd any of the any of the enthusiasts. You know, you start with one of the older trucks, something that's a little bit less expensive. You do some small simple mods. The more time you invest into learning how to make that truck more powerful, it's like, well, there's a lot of money. I could probably get a decent buck for this truck. I'm just going to upgrade and trade up, which, you know, probably something along those lines with the LML. So uh, what was the state of the LML, your Denali, when you got it? And what did that truck end up turning into? Sure. So that truck was just tuned when I bought it. Uh, like I said, still no lift pump on that truck, just tuned. It had basic, uh, like a four and a half inch PDS lift. 22 by 12s, 35s. It was a very simple truck, and um, obviously I started doing a lot of research on the LMLs and found out about the CP4 pump, which I told myself with my luck I'll probably end up with a failed CP4. So I saved up, and one of the first things I did on that truck was a lift pump and a CP3 conversion. Nice. Okay. Going straight for the reliability factor then, kind of looking yep, exactly. at it of like, I've heard a lot about this failure, and I feel like every LML owner we talk to, Chris, right, has the same thing. That everyone is like, I'm going to be right. the guy who has it fail. <laughs> um, we, all, we all feel that way, right? Because we all feel like yeah. like it's going to be the one. So one of the things that I find really unique with what you do with you know YouTube vlogging, stuff like that, that I wanted to kind of back, uh, back into that you know Paul asked a question earlier. When you first got your LOI, I know you said you did some vlogging with, you know, soccer and stuff like that that you were into. How many subscribers and, and what was the metrics around, you know, followers, whatnot on YouTube when you bought your LOI when you started? Interestingly enough, my channel that I have now, it actually wasn't a truck channel at all. It actually started with, uh, with the girl that I was dating at the time, and it was just us doing uh, like a bucket list. Okay. And uh, and then obviously it didn't work out and I just started you know just putting my truck content on there and just went from there 
Okay. Metrics. So, <laughs> once I got the LOI, that's when it really started growing because I was doing some really basic stuff, but I was documenting everything. Okay. Like removing the running boards, removing, uh, debadging the truck, just starting from uh, from scratch. Okay. I love so, that. So the relationship vlog didn't do so well, but you put no, a truck on there. He married him. Like, all right, I'm hey, in. He married himself to the yeah. game. Now he's part of the truck world, right? So, so I'm kind of glad it didn't work out. <laughs> so then you had the LOI. You went through the two years on that. You got into this LML. And, you know, what? what's that like, I guess, is one thing that's for me is me working here at Calibrated Power, working with, you know, the, our producer Justin and Paul, I am very close with these guys because they're usually the ones behind the camera filming me or it's me and Paul getting filmed. I'm not having to walk around with a with a, a selfie stick, as I'll call it, filming everything that I'm doing. Was that hard to get used to? Like, what's that dynamic in, I'm going to take running boards off of my LLY, which is an hour process. Now I'm going to film it. Now that's a two and a half hour process. Like, <laughs> what's the thought process around that? Then you got to edit it. What, yeah. what did that... Is that normal to you now? Is that is it not normal to not film yourself? Like, how do you condition yourself for that? Man, I still struggle because I'm an introverted guy. So I still don't like talking in front of my camera sometimes. But, I mean, it was really weird at first just because I didn't want to talk in front of a camera. So if you go back and watch my videos, a lot of it is just kind of – it's not even really me talking. It's just clips and with music on top, okay. a lot of time lapses and like a little bit of talking there and as i you know got a little bit more confident with vlogging uh, i started talking in front of my camera but i'm i'm just really blessed to have friends and family who are also involved in like modifying vehicles so it really helps that i get to kind of document their builds and uh make them talk in front of the camera where they talk <laughs> with me in front of a camera cuts the edge off right Mm-hmm. I love that too because I've noticed on your channel there are a lot of other characters yep. that tend to be on the channel on a regular basis. Other trucks and stuff like that, yeah. which is really cool. Yeah, yeah. We, we, because I mean, I, yeah, I feel like you know, as a truck enthusiast, we want to look at like everyone else's builds. So it gets kind of boring if it's just my build strictly. And I just love being able to share all my friends and everyone else's builds on my channel i think it's really unique well one of the things i find really unique about vlogging with youtube is i remember you know starting to you know have that interest in this industry and i would read a, a magazine right and you could see all the pictures of the engine bay and the trucks all cleaned up but you can never hear the sound you never got that in cab feel you know you never saw the truck do a launch on the road or anything like that and now there's this opportunity in a vlog where, you know, you watch someone like JW walk through this build, right? Oh, I bought this truck. It's on a lift. I'm doing wheels and tires. Hey, I'm going to trade out and sell these wheels and tires. I'm going to buy a new set of wheels and tires. But then you have that, that you know, that, that feeling that goes along with that of this is what the truck sounds like. This is the end cab of the truck where I see where, you know, that, that vlogging aspect be becoming more and more popular. Yeah. Um, and JW, I mean, you've had you had the LOI. You, you now have a newer, uh, not a newer LOI, but you just bought another LOI for the channel as well. Um, sure did. We'll, we'll dive into that. So you know, it, it's cool to have that first hand, like, you know, this is the experience, right? Like maybe you guys can't, you know, uh, swing or afford that, or maybe you're looking at buying a truck. But here's the ins and outs, and this is the process of a build. It's not like you just buy the truck and the next day it's modified. <laughs> you know? I I can't. You're like breaking my heart right now. Like that is how. 
I want that's what I want. I, that's then, what everyone <laughs> wants. But I, I think this YouTube thing really gives guys an opportunity of like, hey, it's not an overnight, you know, thing. Um, there, there's a lot that goes into that. So sure, you know. Well, well, let's let's talk about that timeline. So JW, so you had the LML, um, and, and listeners, please jump over to the channel, watch some of the LML videos. I wanted to make sure we set aside some time to talk about the current L5P because yeah, of it, it's, a, it's a very nasty setup. It's a badass truck. There's a, some there's there's a handful of guys out there who have gone with big lifts and tires. Yeah. Uh, and I've always joked that this is something that I love the way it looks, and I would never ever ever own in my life. Right. Huh? Um, it's a taste, one. I'm right? way too cheap to do yeah. it, and two, yeah, I'm just are. too practical. Uh, there's you know. I just couldn't do it for Gas myself. Is expensive, but I love I love to see these trucks. So walk us through that L5P build that you have now. Sure. So I bought the L5P uh, December of 2020. Sold the LML for it. Uh, it's a 2020 AT4. Um, it's got nine inch lift, 24 by 14s, 38 Furies. Um, everything's color matched black. Uh, it's tuned with exhaust that's about it i think his tires are up to your shoulders chris 100 <laughs> <laughs> percent. it's not that that big it's only 38 well chris is pretty small yeah we're, um, we're about there <laughs> uh now now tell tell us about like why did you pick the lift why did you decide to go with this big and then what is it like to drive sure so i've always liked lifted trucks and uh, actually, when I bought my second LOI, because I love my LOIs, I wanted to do a little bit, I wanted to do something more practical. I didn't want to do another nine inch lift because that's what I did with my first LOI. So I wanted to do something different. I wanted to do something lower stanced and be more practical, um, like easier for me to take it to, let's say if I'm going to, I don't know, go, go get groceries or something. I wanted to take the LOI. So since I had that, uh, with the 2020, I wanted to do something bigger, uh, I would say less practical, but cooler to take to shows. So that's why I went with the big lift on the 2020. I like that. I like that a lot. Like, just know the purpose, right? We talk about that yeah. a lot with yeah. trucks, Chris, and a lot with, with customers where we're like, Hey, listen, man. Like, if you want the show truck, like, let's let's talk about the parts you need to build the yeah. show truck. If you're gonna tow with this let's not make it a balls out race truck right. right like let's let's maybe not run just a single race tune um you, you know and things like that thinking about like why do i want this what do i want to get out of it how does it drive man how does it feel to drive an l5p that's lifted because i know most of the giant lifts and nine inch lifts and big 40s and shit like that that i've driven have all been older trucks right. i don't know about you chris have you driven yeah. anything that's like 2015 and newer with a, uh, a nine inch lift on it we just had a customer in here with a six inch lift on 24s and 37s there you go um and a 2021 at4 so how was it drove surprisingly well um I was I was really surprised. I liked how the ten speeds shift around the bigger tire. Believe it or not, like the the truck was the the, the truck actually performed nicely. I'm blown away. I know I was too. JW, was what too. do you think? How how does it drive compared to when you had just normal tires and and stance on it? When I bought that truck, it actually had a five inch lift and thirty sevens. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> of course it did. And, but I mean, my dad has a twenty twenty one, and he bought it brand new after seeing my truck. And, uh, and honestly, compared to his truck when it was stock, and we actually put a leveling kit on it with Kryptonite uh, uh, Stage 2 kit with mm -hmm. the Fox 2.0 shocks, 
And honestly, I'm not going to lie, my 9-inch lift rides just as good in, in my opinion. And uh, I've gotten to the point where if I up modify my vehicle, I'm going to use that opportunity to upgrade everything I can, uh, reinforce some of the weak points. So what I did was I upgraded the tie rods to kryptonite tie rods. I swapped out the factory idler and pitman arm with kryptonite's death grip or kryptonite's heavy-duty parts. And it rides better than stock, in my opinion, because I just upgraded all those components that were weak points on these trucks. I like that. I, I like I like that approach to it, right? I know a lot of guys, especially when they build a show truck, and I don't know how many times you've seen this, Chris, they get it as tall as they can. They spend all their money on wheels and tires, and then they're, they literally can't tune it because they're like, everything's going to break, right? right? <laughs> so let me ask you this, JW. So you, you've definitely angled yourself in on your on your YouTube channel, you know, with, uh, you know, the, the the angle of like a lifted big tire big wheel truck i know you said the loi is going to be slightly different you know lowered stanced out which you know that that's more my speed um have you done any like i know you had a buddy that had a twin turbo l5p that just recently sold when i was watching one of your uh one of your episodes um but what are you going to get into a performance build is that maybe where that loi is going to go and you know do some you know 800,000 wheel horsepower nasty street truck or is that not really your avenue that you're looking at going down luckily i got my buddy holden that spends all his money on performance parts <laughs> so that that's who i document in terms of all the performance stuff he did get an, another truck that's uh, really it's something special that i'm going to reveal pretty soon and you know for me with the loi with all my trucks uh maybe one day i want to do like a straight up performance truck but i like kind of like a normal daily driver that has the potential to have more power so i just i just like i like building my stuff for reliability okay i respect that i like that i like that a little bit of show a little yeah. bit of reliability goes a long way I yeah, that's it, why on the LML I just did a CP3 swap and the lift pump and the and just some of the piping just 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 to make sure it's reliable. But I wasn't going for you know 800 horsepower, just something that I just something that was more practical, I should say. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Awesome, man. Well, I know we're all really excited to see more videos come out in the future. Um, I think this is something that that we're definitely going to be following along with and really making sure that we keep an eye on your channel. Uh, listeners, I think we'll probably see some Duramax tuner parts maybe float their way onto the channel here in the future. Right. Um, and is there any th piece of advice you would like to give to somebody who maybe is thinking about going out there and starting their own YouTube channel around diesel performance or around being a diesel truck enthusiast? Sure. Uh, so, I mean, I do get that question a lot and I do tell people you just got to do it. Um, I feel like most of the times we all think a little bit too much and we judge ourselves too harshly. So even if you think your video is not good, just post it because you got to start somewhere and your video is not going to be, your first video is not going to be good. And you just got to <laughs> learn. You just got to learn to get better from it. Like my first video was terrible. I mean, first couple of videos, my whole first year, I think it was terrible. <laughs> and I'm still trying to get better every day. And that's what I want to tell people is that you just got to do it. 
I think that's awesome. a really good piece of advice. I know for us, the first 10 episodes are terrible. No matter yeah, what project yeah. we're on, if it's a new video line or a new podcast. I mean, the even podcast. videos that you guys do to this day, I mean, yeah. with you guys, with Nick, I mean, they have to get retaken. You know, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you're, you're always working on it. I think that's a really good point to make. Guys, uh, listeners, make sure you stick around to the show. We're going to have our super tech uh, and a brand new segment uh, from our remote support specialist as well. This has been Diesel Performance Podcast. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Guys, I'm always excited to jump into our super tech segment, and I know everybody loves hearing from Jeremy Garnett. Go follow him on Instagram. Uh, but today we have a special guest super tech, Jaden. Jaden, how the hell are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Paul? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for asking. You shop guys are always so polite. Um... Jaden, you've, you've been with the shop for a little while now. You've been around diesel for a long time. Uh, being a mechanic here, you, you get to see some of the fun projects, like the Hummer build going on. Oh, yeah. uh, you get to see transmissions getting built right next to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also you get to go and wrench on pretty much everything else that's broken, I, I know is like your specialty. right? Oh, yeah. so, <laughs> so you're here for a lot of the repairs and things like that. Uh, I understand we had a fun one in the shop here that kind of highlighted some of the stuff we've been talking about with CP4s lately. What was the truck? So it was a 2012 F350, uh, big dually, long bed. It's an over-the-road guy, does a lot of uh, transport jobs. So, yeah, he had actually towed the truck in with a uh, crank no-start. Oof. So And I guess from what I've heard, he towed it in pretty far. Like, he towed it in from, I think, North Carolina. Oh, my God. So, yeah, he towed the truck in, cranked no start. He would complained about maybe hearing some buzzing in his lift pump, so he thought maybe he was getting some air up to the CP4. So, pulled it in, you know, crank with the scan tool, not getting any rail pressure. So, all right. He complained about a lift pump issue, unplugged the uh, supply thing, put it under a pan, turned the key on. I'm getting plenty of fuel. So, it's not a lift pump problem. Lift pump sounds great, everything else, so go from there on these Fords, you got to take the whole intake manifold off to get to the actual cp4 so took the intake manifold out pull the um the uh, pressure sensor out of the top of it and it's just covered in metal oh I mean, that just makes bad. you cringe doesn't it that's the pictures are up over on the duramax tuner yeah. instagram feed uh so if you guys want to see like how bad it was it is sparkly oh yeah <laughs> it looks like somebody bedazzled this thing like it is brutal yeah it's, it's definitely the probably one of the worst ones i've seen so so you had mentioned this guy's a previous customer at Duramax Turner. He was here about a year ago, right? Yeah. Uh, what was he here for a year ago? Uh, it was actually, I think, the similar thing. Jeremy had put a whole fuel system in the truck because the same thing, the CP4 had failed, but he didn't have the fuel system saver at the time. So when it failed, it just shot all the debris right down, right downstream. I mean, it took out the rails, the lines, the oh. injectors, even the return circuit. I think they even dropped the fuel tank and had to flush all that out with it. I remember seeing this truck in the shop. I, I recognized this truck. So I walked through the shop, but I recognized this truck when it was here. Uh, and I had heard that there was a CP4 job going on in my head. I honestly was like, well, it's no way it's that Ford. We did that job last year. Yeah. But but sometimes this happens, right? Like CP4s, like even when we do everything we can to prevent them from failing, sometimes you just run into this. Like he put the lift pump on it. Were the filters clean on the lift pump? Like it wasn't like he had just been neglecting oh, yeah, maintenance. No. It, was, it was clean. I mean, the only thing that was different about this truck than most is the guy puts a lot of miles on. He'd put 70,000 miles on in six months. Ooh. That's just rough, man. Yeah, that's mean, just, that. that's just, it's rough on a truck. It's just, you know, operating for that many hours. Just think about how many hours a day you have to drive to keep up to do <laughs> 70,000 in six months. A lot. Um, 
so that that's just rough. You, you know, you're you're advancing some of the wear and tear, but the Exergy fuel system saver worked. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, that's the highlight of the story is like because the pump itself, it was a new pump, wasn't it? Oh yeah, like I said, everything everything was replaced. I mean, the pump lines, injectors. I mean, return lines, everything. Did he have warranty on the pump then? Yes. The, I don't know on the original one because I wasn't here for that one, but on this one, he he does get a warranty on the pump. And the fuel system saver saved everything downstream. So compared to the first job, he's definitely getting off a lot easier. Oh, my God. A couple hundred bucks for the fuel system saver compared to like oh, if yeah. it's like a ten or $12,000 job to do the whole fuel system. Like it's not cheap. It's, oh, it's yeah. a lot. Even if you had somebody pay for the parts, it's a lot of hours. Oh, yeah. Like you're going to be out of pocket. It's, yeah. it's just murder some on those. I mean, the parts aren't cheap, but the labor is the big killer. I mean, you're talking probably 30 hours of labor to do a whole fuel system. Ouch. And, and then, so, so yeah. So if you have ever been thinking, should I get a fuel system saver? Do I really need it if I have a lift pump? The answer is yes. Unequivocally. Oh, yeah. 100%. This, this is the one that, like, I think anybody who who thought about it and was like well should i or shouldn't i it's a clear yes now what i I always bring this up with like the guys who immediately when they buy like an lml or a ford in this range or they're like i'm gonna delete it and put a cp3 on it i'm like well you don't you don't necessarily have to like like this job sucks right like you don't want to run into this but most guys aren't going to go through two cp4s in a year no no that's (laughs) probably one of the rarest cases you're going to see out of all the ones we've ever had to repair and replace and and diagnose and and dick with here at the shop uh, this is the first guy i've seen come back this soon especially after doing everything he could but like we said He's using his truck in a very abnormal way. He's using his truck more than the rest oh, yeah. of us combined, yeah. right? So the mileage, and he's probably got plenty of weight behind him too when he's doing it. So. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. I appreciate it. Um, how about doing a CP4 replacement? Are there any pro tips you could share with our listeners? Is there like that thing that you're like, man, I wish I would have known this the first time I had to do this job? Well, on this Ford specifically, like if you're used to uh, doing a lot of Duramax stuff on the uh, the LMLs, you can just pull the gear and whole pump right out of the uh, the housing there. On the Fords, the gear actually has to come off. So if you're not used to that, you got and you're like, why? How can I not get the CP4? Well, you got to take the bolt off and actually punch the gear off because it does not fit. Oh, that's right, that's right. Because this this CP4, I remember I remember talking to Randy at Exergy about this. They don't. They don't necessarily always run a lift pump on these Fords because they have that that special gear drive on the back of yeah. the pump that gives it a higher feed PSI into the CP4 itself. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Okay, that's right. That's a good heads up, man, because that'd yeah. be one that like I know I know me as like a Duramax guy, I'd get out there and be like, it's a CP4. I know Duramax. Oh, yeah. And they look identical, so you'd be like, oh yeah, I've done this before on LMLs. <laughs> and you go to wiggle the thing out, and you're like, why won't it come out? Well, you got to pull that vacuum pump out and then pull the gear out, and then it'll pop right out like butter. Nice. That's a good pro tip, man. Well, Jaden, for your first time on Diesel Performance Podcast, I want to say you killed it. This is oh. a great one. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Guys, stick around. Uh, coming up next, we're going to be talking to our remote support expert, Sean Lynn. He's got some really cool information about doing a 2020 Power Stroke tuning install. I think you guys are going to really love it. Sean Lynn, how the hell are you? Great. How are you, Paul? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for coming down and joining us for the remote support expert segment of our show. Um, Sean, we've had you on to do troubleshooting. We've had you on with our super tech, Jeremy Garnett, to work together on some troubleshooting, which I always think is fun. Um, But today, I wanted to get a little bit back to the roots to when we first brought you onto the show. We had you painstakingly read some 
some instructions. We're not going to do that. Don't worry. Um, but the 2020 power stroke tuning that's out there right now for those 6.7 liters is starting to get really, really popular. There's a lot of guys calling into Duramax Tuner. And I know on the social media side, I'm getting a lot of stuff on Facebook with like, how does the process work? What do I do? What all does it entail? Can you walk our listeners through what does it look like tuning a new 2020 Power Stroke? Yeah, um, me and Tim have gone through a number of these locally here, so it's nothing new for us at this point. Um, basically, the ECM process is either the truck needs to be here for us to flash it while it's in the truck, or if you're further away, we basically need the ECM in here to flash and then send it back to you. Where's the ECM located on these trucks? It is on the passenger side a, above the battery. Nice. On okay. the firewall. So not too bad to get to then? It's like two bolts and three connectors, I believe, to pull it out. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's not an LB7, right? You remember pulling ECMs and LB7s all the time? I oh, do not miss that. Those are fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good. Okay. So it's pretty basic to get to. You got to pop the ECM out. For a lot of our listeners, you guys would be looking at the mail-in option, right? The unfortunate side of this is your truck is down while this process is happening. There are no core ECMs to be able to get a hold of. It's not like a, an L5P HP tuner situation where we could just buy unlocked ones. We actually have to work with your ECM out of the truck to make this all work. But the result is well worth it. And I, th- I think some of our previous episodes, we've talked about that. So, okay, let's say they're shipping it into us, Sean. They ship us in the ECM. What is our process here? How do we then get it turned around and get it back to the customer? Yeah, so uh, basically I'm usually the one that does it. Um, we plug it into our harness on the computer. Um, we read the information off of it so that we have a good basis if we ever have to go back to stock. Right. We flash the new tune on there, make sure everything's good, and then we send it back to you. That's it, yeah. So the process on our side, as far as internally at like Duramax tuners, not going to take a ton of time. It is a little bit labor-intensive because we do have to like manually bench flash an ECM, but it's not like it's a three-day process. If we get it in on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday in the morning, we're hoping to get them back out that same day. Now, it might take us a day, and God forbid we were really slammed or something crazy was going on or there's a holiday, you might find another day of lead time in there. But generally speaking, we're trying to turn these around just as quickly as we we, we, we physically can, right? Yeah. Um, the last one that we got, the guy overnighted it to us because obviously he wants to drive his truck. Sure. We got it at like 9 o'clock in the morning. And I read it off and took it down to shipping before it was even noon. So, yeah, he got it back really fast because he paid for return shipping back, and all went well. And that's how to do right. Bing, bang, boom. So, okay, so that's the ECM, right? So now you get the ECM back. You've taken it out. You should know how to put it back in. They put the ECM back in their truck. What else is it involved here? Yeah, so that's that's just for the engine part right there. You know, pretty straightforward for you. You install it, as you said. Yep. The transmission tuning then would be up to you. Uh, we usually do uh, Easy Link for that. So just like if you've ever dealt with it before, you plug a module into your truck and you go on there, link your vehicle, choose the transmission tune, install it. That's pretty much it. Yeah, it's a, it's a little squarish looking box you, or rectangular looking box. You plug it into the OBD2 port that's like uh, underneath the dash on the driver's side, usually close to the door, you'll see a little trapezoid looking plug uh so when the easy link shows up you'll just plug that in now you're not tuning the engine with easy link you're only tuning the transmission with easy link 
uh, Sean, you had mentioned it's optional. It technically is optional. It's a really stupid option not to tune your transmission, especially with these 10 speeds. It may be the transmission right up there with the 68 RFE that needs it the absolute most. Like, it's okay stock. It'll work stock. But, like, once you start adding power to it, you absolutely need that transmission dialed in. Yeah, it it just complements the tuning, makes the truck run and drive better, feel smoother, shifter, shifting and stuff, you know. Yeah. And they have an option between Easy Link or if they want to use HP tuners, we can do that as well. It is possible, yeah. Um, okay, so so it's not too bad of a process because you're going to use your smartphone, so you're going to plug in your, your Easy Link, you're going to use your smartphone to access everything else, you install the TCM tuning. You can then unplug the Easy Link if you want. I always get that question on Facebook. Um, you don't have to leave the Easy Link in the truck uh, unless you're going to run the gauges, right? So if you want to use your phone for gauges and things like that, a little bit different story. Uh, on these 2020s, you're picking up a, a lot of horsepower. You're still running all of your factory emissions equipment. You're not giving up any reliability. It's a it's a little bit heavier of a price tag than, say, like a box programmer or a pedal fooler. Um but the end result of what you're getting is just so much more. You know, it's the reason that you bought a new diesel compared to going buying an old used piece of crap was because you wanted the best. You wanted the best you could possibly get. Uh, and this tuning is going to complement that kind of buying decision. So I think it's a, a really helpful, Sean, that you were able to come in. Are there any problems that guys commonly run into during the installation process? Anything you could give them a, like a pro tip or a heads up on? Um, the only thing I would say is if you're installing the transmission tune and for some reason happens from time to time with EasyLink, if your phone disconnects or something, you might not complete the flash. And if that ever happens, you just pretty much go and run the flash again and it usually goes through no problem. God, EasyLink, so it, it, it's my preferred tuning platform personally, uh, but I know professionally as well, Duramax Tuner is kind of on that side of like, Man, there, there are programmers in the past that if, if anything interrupted a flash, you were bricked it, done, the ECM's junk, you need a new one. Now with EasyLink with TCM tuning, you're flashing it, and, and like you said, like, hey, if there's a hiccup, don't panic, flash it again. If you have the problem two, three times in a row, okay, give us a call, we'll talk to you about it. They're, they're Most likely we're going to tell you, keep flashing it till it goes through. It's probably a phone connection issue. Yeah, just some of the phones will disconnect from it because it doesn't detect an internet connection because it's just, you know, communicating. Yeah. And it'll sometimes happen. Gotcha. Good heads up, man. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Listeners, stick around. Chris is going to be back on in just a moment, and we'll be wrapping this show up for you. Listeners, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, I know this has been a lot of fun. We're going to have a lot more exciting shows coming at you. Make sure to subscribe and tell a friend about Diesel Performance Podcast. We'd really yeah, appreciate that. Or invite that. friends over into our podcast on Facebook. Absolutely. Page, you know, Fans of Diesel Performance Podcast uh, Facebook group, always welcoming to invite new members. We have a lot of cool discussions going on over there, so come on over, join the thread, and talk to us a little bit more. For today, this has been Paul Wilson. And Chris Emke. Thanks for listening. Thank you for joining us. This is... <laughs>